there's only one snack that can make me feel like I'm having the true movie theater experience, and that's popcorn. When my mom and I hang in for a girl's night, we have to get our fix, and that's where Kelly's Killer Popcorn comes in. They're a small batch gourmet popcorn company, and believe me, one bite and you'll be hooked. Made in Austin, Texas, this family-owned business has tons of flavors. My mom loves their salted agave caramel, while I have a hard time picking between black pepper or dill pickle. Hmm, maybe I'll just mix the bags together. Oh, and when my dad and brother crash our girls' night, you know that spicy nacho popcorn is coming out. Every flavor is popped in 100% real butter and is whole grain and gluten-free. Which flavor will you be choosing? Head on over to kellyskillerpopcorn.com to indulge yourself in some scary good gourmet popcorn. And make sure to tag them on Instagram at kellyskillerpopcorn so that they can see what movie you're pairing with their flavors. That's kellyskillerpopcorn.com for American-made, small-batch, delicious popcorn. This is The Gala Show. I'm your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery. On this episode, you may know my guest as one of the hosts of the podcast Unspooled, a lover of cats, or maybe as a film critic who has written for KPCC's Film Week, MTV News, LA Weekly, New York Times, Variety, Washington Post, The Guardian, Box Office Magazine, Wall Street Journal, Village Voice, The Guardian. God, the list goes on and on. But here on The Gala Show, I know her as that chick who hates Three Musketeers candy bars, Amy Nicholson. Hey, Amy. Hello. I stand by that. I think you might be right. I, I kind of <laughs> like it, but I'm not eating sugar anymore. So if I was going to eat a candy bar, I'd eat a Butterfinger. Oh, you're a Butterfinger I'm a girl. Butterfinger girl. Or a Payday. Now that's just kinky. I know. I feel like, I'm like, an old lady. <laughs> like I'm like an old lady. <laughs> Before we bring up the topic for today, I have a question for you. What was the movie that got you inspired to begin writing actual film criticism? Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to sound like an old lady. The movie that I would say definitely turned me on was, I'm going to say the Busby Berkeley movie Footlight Parade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was the other one you were going to say? I was also going to say Pennies from Heaven, which is my all-time favorite movie of all time, but technically I saw Footlight Parade first. Yeah, and so your fa- and also your favorite movie isn't always necessarily the one that makes you want to criticize things. Or not criticize, but like be analytical about stuff. I know. I'd probably write like a... It's, I've always said I want to write a book on Pennies from Heaven. I'm talking about the Steve Martin Pennies from mm-hmm. Heaven because I just think every single shot in that movie is perfect and I would like dig into it and argue it to pieces. And my life goal when I leave this earth is to convince people that Pennies from Heaven is a masterpiece. I actually haven't seen it. So I feel like now is like the time I'm going to watch it. Oh, I'm going to work on you. I'm going to work on you. Like that Pennies from Heaven is such a good movie that when I saw it for the first time, I had just gotten into a fight with my boyfriend and I paused it 20 minutes in and called him and said, come over. And we made up because I just needed him to watch that movie with oh me. Oh my god, really? Yeah, That's so yeah. romantic. Ancient boyfriend in college. Okay, Hi, ancient Robert. boyfriend. Hope yeah, you're ancient well. boyfriend. But still, <laughs> incredibly romantic. Yeah. It had the power to heal. It did. It did. It did. But Footlight Parade, um, musical with Jimmy Cagney. When I watched that movie for the first time in college, like on a big old screen in Oklahoma, you know, they would show old movies in our old movie theater on campus. Mm-hmm. And I learned that not only was it just the most spectacular, spectacular I'd ever seen and suddenly like Coen Brothers things and everything suddenly made sense, I that my teacher was like, and notice that there's FDR, notice that they're talking about the National Recovery Administration, notice that like Hollywood and politics and the world are just completely connected. And I'd never thought of it that way, honestly. Well, like it sounds like kind of naive. Time. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there are movies also, like for me, it's like... 
sometimes people tell me like the first time when they watch a movie and they realize that like it's not real yeah and so it's kind of like that like when you start doing film criticism it's like well here it's like there's all these layers to movies that aren't just the movie exactly. it isn't just enjoyment exactly like i grew up in a town that our critic rated things with jalapenos like oh. how spicy was it so i didn't really realize that <laughs> movies that. were more than like i love home alone i've seen home alone six times it, it just that was really where it clicked for me yeah but like the spicier the better i guess <laughs> Now, as always, my guest gets to bring their topic to the mic. Amy, what are we going to be talking about today? Okay, well, Gala, you know that I thought about this a lot. I was I like do. sending you so many messages like, should we talk about this? Should we talk about this? Like, I love talking movies with you. You're such a fun person to talk movies with. So I was thinking, should I talk movies? And then I thought, well, all I do is just write about movies all the time. And like, you know, it, it, it's there. What we can I, talk about movies opinions. anytime. Yeah, they're there. So I was like, what if I talk about something that I also spend so much time thinking about on a screen you know because I'm obsessed with screens what do you do and so I thought for a while like oh should we talk about cat videos and like the world of cat videos we could talk about those for so long so long and then I thought I was thinking about cat videos and you so much that I had a dream about cat videos last night I dreamed up a meme that I was excited to talk to you about this is yeah I dreamed that I was watching a meme on Instagram where like you know those carnival wooden stand-ins where you yeah. put your face where in you and you're like, oh, I'm a scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. I had a dream that it was like one of those, but it was made to look like a roller coaster and all the holes were where people would be sitting in the roller coaster yeah. and there were cats in all of the holes. And <laughs> oh in the video, God. all the cats got up at the same time and slid. <laughs> like and a was, roller coaster. Yeah. And in my dream, I was like, oh, I should tell Gala that sliding cat videos, that's one of the best genres. And I woke up and I was like, what am I thinking about? <laughs> So we're not going to talk about cat videos because I clearly lost my mind. We're going to talk about basketball because okay. all I do is watch basketball if I'm not watching movies. But first, time for a commercial break. I might be vegetarian, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a good spice rub. My favorite place to get them is Smoked Bros, a veteran-owned and operated business that sells premium handcrafted dry rubs, spice blends, and seasonings. Guys, you can even put it on your popcorn. My favorites are Honey Badger, because he doesn't give a bleep, and Jelly and Peanut Flavor Topping, because mm, 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 some things just taste better together. The website even has recipes, so go check out smokedbros.com to support a veteran-owned and operated business and fill your cabinet with delicious flavor. And we're back. You heard it here, guys. We're going to be chatting basketball. So I have 30 minutes on the clock and our time starts now. Okay. So as someone who doesn't watch basketball, why basketball? Oh, oh, you mean you're a person I can talk to about maybe convincing to watch basketball? Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's my deal. I didn't grow up watching sports at all. Um, Those who know me know that like my sport in the Olympics in my house is MTV's The Challenge. I've watched like all 30 seasons of it. I know everyone like Johnny Bananas, like what he did to Sarah like 15 seasons ago and he brings it here and he's like, I've never cheated anyone in my life. Yes, you have, Johnny. And I saw it on TV. So like that's like my Olympics at home. And then I'm kind of like a chameleon. Like when a guy I'm dating really likes a sport, I get really into it. Like I, I dated this guy who liked baseball and I kind of like baseball now. <laughs> I don't know. I would go to a game, I guess. But yeah, talk to me about basketball. Like why do you love it? 
Well, I love it, I think, for a lot of the reasons you love the challenge. Like, once you start watching a sport and you learn all the characters, you learn all their players, you learn their kind of moves. And I don't just mean their moves on the court. I mean, like, how they play, the personality that they play with. It is like every day you're watching a movie that is all of your favorite genres at once. It's like a war movie. It's an action film. It's a drama. It's a comedy starring your favorite cast of characters. And they do it four, four nights a week. And it's always different. And you're just seeing these people that you know and you love and you're like, that's the guy who acts like the hero but screws up in the big moment. That's the underdog that nobody takes seriously but sometimes he'll pop out. That's the guy I'm like, oh, he's an idiot. I don't know why we have him on our team. But, you know, he did a good thing for that one little play. God bless him. Go back to the bench. And they're just, it's always renewing and you get to know the people on your team so well. When I talked to, I talked to this actor, Sam Benjamin, and he talked about WWE or actually just professional wrestling in general. And one of the things that he brought up to me that was really interesting because he made wrestling seem really interesting to me, but was the fact that like with social media now, you get like a real life view into the player's life. So like, does that affect like how you feel about the players on your team? Like the persona they put out on social media? Oh, it definitely does. Like there are players that I'll love a lot, but then when I see their social media, it's so dorky. Yeah, because like really dorky. Yeah, yeah, like NBA players, they go through these evolutions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll use one that I think is very big on the Lakers right now. For for kind is of, Lakers your team? The Lakers are my team. Okay, the good because that's like team. LA, right? I hope. Yeah, I'm right. Okay, good. Oh, absolutely. And it took me a while <laughs> to get to the Lakers, which we could go through if you want later. Yeah, that's sure. a very long story of how I wound up as a Laker fan. Um, real, it, it that's like dating to me. It was like finally winding up a Laker fan, really? like falling in love. Like you fell in love with the Lakers. You got married to the Lakers. Kind of did. Yeah, it's one of the main things, actually, my my, my current lovely boyfriend uh, and I have in common is we're both massive Laker fans. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. We love having this in common. Yeah. So they're dorky on Instagram and they go through like evolutions. They do. Like the player that I'm thinking of right now is this guy named Austin Reeves, who's kind of, he has such an interesting story. And part of why I love Austin Reeves is he went to my college. He went to the University of Oklahoma. So we can claim like a tiny little and you stake guys have in him. like that like kind of like similar thing then. Yeah, I like I understand him. He came from he came from Arkansas and mm-hmm. then he went to Oklahoma and I'm like I get you. I Are came you from, from Arkansas Texas. originally? Texas. Texas yeah. yeah. But you know, we wound up in Oklahoma and he shows up, you know, in the NBA undrafted. Nobody picks him to like out of college so to like, join their team. Underdog. Signs with the Lakers is put on kind of this G League team where sometimes if you sign somebody and you're not sure how good they're going to be, they do dual duty. They'll play G League games, which is like rinky-dink. And then if they think you're good, they'll move you up to the real team. Or sometimes you'll kind of play both. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like almost practice NBA, yeah. basically. Yeah. So we thought he was going to be a G League guy. He played with some G League games during the summer. And then he just had so much promise that we took this kid who looks like a real dork. You know, he's got like long, shaggy bangs. He looks like Cameron and Fam- Ferris Bueller's Day Off is okay. what he looks like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then... We put him on actual Laker games, and he's just been fantastic. He plays so hard. He plays in a way that I love, where, like, he's not the biggest guy. He has no visible muscles that I've ever seen. No tattoos. So, like, so lanky, dorky. lanky, dorky guy. Lanky, dorky guy. But he plays with just passion. Like, he'll dive for the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. He'll risk busting his knees to dive for the ball. He'll, like, he's the guy who is willing to take, like, the three-quarter shot right before halftime at the buzzer and be like, maybe I'll fail who knows? And sometimes he'll make it, and it's just unreal. Oh my god! And you really want to root for him to make it. Oh, you hi do. Kitty. Oh, there's a kitty. Oh, cat my boyfriend's there. cat just showed up. Hi. That's spooky. We're both cat lovers, obviously, from our cat video. <laughs> hi. Are you gonna say hello on the microphone? She's a sweetie. 
Uh, for context, she's a little uh, black maincoon with one tiny white spot on her belly oh, and yeah, the biggest she, tail on the planet. Yeah, she has a huge tail. She probably smells my cat. I just adopted a cat, as I told Amy when I walked in. Mischief. Mischief. Oh, happy mischief. It's funny, when you were talking about uh, the basketball on the team, I noticed that you were saying we. Like, we put him out. We, like, put him on the thing. We we thought he was going to be a G team. And I think that's really interesting that, like, you're almost identifying, like, we the people. Wow. The, we I the fans. I was doing that. Yeah. I think that's really, because it's almost like the Lakers are a team, but, like, the fans are the ones, like, rally behind the team. So, like, we did that with him. That must be so much of the psychology of why I love it. Yeah. Like, when you become a, a, a fan of, like, your local team, and I'll, I'll say it, Lakers, like, it's, like, default, but, like, wherever you're living. Like, if you're, like, a, a, a hardcore Charlotte Hornets fan, mm-hmm. God bless you, by the way, if you're a hardcore <laughs> Charlotte fan. Uh, but, like, yeah, that sense of this is our team. They represent us. We love them. When they, when they succeed, we succeed with them. And when they fail, they fail with us. Oh, and I was saying, part of why I think Austin's so dorky is, like, his whole social media, it's like, hi, I'm brand new to this. I never had money in my life sure I'll hawk a branded water or underwear and it's like kind of embarrassing for him you're like you didn't write that caption and I don't think you care about that sock brand and you're just like oh he's just trying his best though yeah and it's like you're a little embarrassed for him or 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 right now Austin Reeves is doing billboards for things if you see them around town they're called lemon daddy oh yeah okay I have have you seen seen of course I've seen lemon daddy I live in LA lemon daddy's everywhere yeah lemon daddy I guess is a lawyer yeah, like, he, I think for cars that are lemons, like when you buy a lemon, you go to Lemon Daddy. Yeah, and Austin Reeves is like the face of Lemon Daddy Law Firm, and it's just what does he have to do with cars? What does he have to do with lawyers? I mean, I assume he drives one. Maybe I guess he drives and maybe one. he needs a lawyer every now and then. I would hope so. <laughs> I I was like talking about the Lemon Daddy billboards on my Instagram, and like a guy reached out and he's like, "I designed the Lemon Bill- Daddy billboards." So I was like, "Tell me everything." What did he and say he about like, it? He said they wanted a '90s feel. And he, he never understood even what Lem, what Austin Reeves is doing on a Lemon Daddy billboard. But he was like, you should see their original mock-ups. They're so embarrassing. These are at least slightly better. But yeah, Lemon Daddy. I know. Like, I love this man, and he's also Lemon Daddy. You, the complicated feelings you get when you become a real basketball nerd. When did you first get into basketball? Like, is it a lifelong thing, or was this kind of into adulthood? It is, yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I grew up in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So our team is the Spurs. So growing up, like, my dad worked for a law firm, and the guy who owned the law firm had season tickets that were really good, and he didn't go that much. So we always used his tickets. Oh, that's nice. Thanks to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Pat Maloney Sr. Yeah. So we've um, had kind of seats, like, third row behind the media bench growing up for Spurs games. And so I spent my whole life going to Spurs games with my dad. And this is like the David Robinson era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started, they were always bad. And then they started to get really good, which was so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like your team that like you're like you're with even in the dirt and the grime and like when they're at their lowest and all of a sudden they start to ascend and you're ascending with them. Yeah. And they mean so much to us. Like the Spurs logo was the Spurs Coyote and he's mm-hmm. he's basically Wiley Coyote. Like you just take Wiley Coyote and put like a jersey on him and you're like, it's the Spurs Coyote. Sure. <laughs> he now plays basketball. Exactly. And he was like, he goes to everything in San Antonio. He's always at your school. Really? You know, he's in the parades. Oh, I guess the parade. Yeah. Yeah. And like the players would do Taco Bell commercials or no, not Taco Bell. Oh my God. What's slander? They would do Taco Cabana commercials. Yeah, don't mix those two up. That's, that's, you're going to get some angry yeah. Taco Cabana fans. Exactly. And then, like, I'm not athletic, you know, mm-hmm. ev- never. Ne- couldn't. Slowest running the mile pretty much my whole life. That was kind of like me, too, yeah. You I too? was I was not – I did equestrian, so I was a horse girl for a while. 
Um, I competed in that and uh, I wasn't very good at it, uh, but I loved it. Um, and then I did swim team and I love to swim, but I'm also not very athletic and good <laughs> at it. Uh, recently, I found rowing and I'm really into rowing. I hit like a million meters road. And Whoa. yeah, I, it's all indoor though, but like it's like a soul cycle, but with rowing at Row House. I'm going to plug my rowing place, but I love it. I'm addicted. It's like the one sport I finally found that I'm really Whoa. into. I love that you do that. I like yeah. thought very seriously about trying to buy a rowing machine in early you should, pandemic you and then they're all sold out. You should try to maybe go to a row house class. I think I'd like it. They have them all over Southern California and in Texas. And Ooh. yeah, apparently in the big college town in Texas, they have one. And like all the rowers go there and they're like, row really fast. I feel like I have to go there to find like a husband or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I like sports where you think you're learning something that you could maybe use. Yeah. The thing about rowing that I really like, not to take too much of a detour, but like it looks like it's all upper body, yeah. but it's 85 percent lower body Whoa. so it's just your legs and so you're just like using your legs really in your abs and your arms are like a very small percentage of it and so there's like a whole learning curve and for me it's like really meditative because you do it to the beat of the music and then all of a sudden I'm just like churning and then I think I'm a viking or something like, oh, like you're selling through. me I know it's like Spartacus yeah, like, I, yeah my dad rows with me sometimes like we go twice a week together and uh yeah it's like when he does it he's like I'm on the water <laughs> like I'm a viking like oh I'm, we're going to battle so <laughs> so you were a Spurs fan oh yeah um uh sorry now I'm just like I'm really thinking like god I need a rowing machine um go to a class okay. go to a class it's like inspiring when you okay. go to a class, it's like you get really, it's, my dad almost says it's like a cult because you get really <laughs> into it. Like I'm going uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to go to someone's 2 million meter party on Friday. I'm going to like the 500,000 member appreciation row. Like they get, like my row house gets really into it. That's beautiful. I love it. It's, I joined when my ex cheated on me, I joined yeah. row house to like, like find something new. Out of my system. Yeah, basically I'm going to row that man out of my system and to like find something better for me. And I feel like I did. I feel like I found like, a really nice group of people. They are all mostly women in their 50s and 60s, but I get down with it. I like it. I like them. They're awesome. So oh, good for all your rowing team, man. I know. I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, so you were a fan oh, of the Spurs yeah. and you were living in San Antonio. Yeah. And so um, in high school, being a completely like, unathletic person, I. Uh, I became the basketball team manager for like my all my all girls Catholic school. Oh really? Yeah. So I you know I would note like assists or points or mm -hmm. I would run the the scoreboard. I would like run the clock sometimes, mainly just because my friends were on the team and I wanted yeah. to like hang out with them. Yeah. And um, also you like basketball. So. And also I like basketball. Yeah. I was a terrible manager. Like terrible manager. <laughs> terrible. Like I would sometimes forget to turn the clock on and you just don't even want to know. Even if it's just like Catholic girls basketball in san antonio texas and you forget to turn the scoreboard on people lose their minds they get really into it they get really into it's it. it's their team it's their team it's their team and so yeah like basketball has just always been my sport we were a basketball family like i didn't watch i don't understand football or baseball i don't really. understand football uh, my ex was from texas and when i went there to go see him it was like we were all going out to brunch and I didn't understand why it was so important and then i realized that there's football on like all college football <laughs> and i'm sitting there like how do you guys all understand this sport? I have no idea what's going on. Like, yeah. no clue. Football is not – baseball, I, I could get into baseball. But I, I probably cause, just because it's all-American, I think. There maybe is maybe I'll get that. into basketball now. Maybe I will. I would like to convince you. And I would like you to con to be a Laker fan and not a Clipper fan. People are going to try to make no, you no, a no. Clipper fan. No, no, no. If I was – an if I'm going with like – Clippers are also Los Angeles, right? Yeah. No, are, if I yeah. was an L.A. fan, I would be a Lakers fan. Because, well, one, it's my hometown – 
to the Mexican food restaurant that I have eaten at since I was a little baby. They have Lakers jerseys up, so I can't betray them. (laughs) So if I'm a fan, I'm a Lakers fan. (laughs) I mean, I love that. Like, there's something about being a Lakers fan in this town where it feels like you have this handshake just to offer people if you don't know what to talk to them about. Mm -hmm. You know, like at the hardware store, the grocery line. Are you in the hardware store chatting up people about the Lakers? Weirdly, I am. Yeah, (laughs) weirdly, I am. Baller hardware, like going in there being like, so you see the game last night? Like, it's just, it's a way of breaking the ice. It's the way that I feel like people who like used to smoke, that they would say like, I love smoking because you could make friends that way. Yeah. That's how I feel about basketball. You can share a cigarette. You can share the score and you can talk about it. The water cooler, it kind of equalizes. Um, the manager, one of the managers of the New Beverly, Jeff Smith, um, he feels that way. What is his, I think his sport is baseball. But uh, when he first came to LA, he started going to games and it like gave him a sense of community. Isn't it all about that? Yeah. So I feel like that's like also like a basketball. Like you could literally just like, it's the great equalizer. In it Los really Angeles. Is. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to start like a, like a, like an online war or something like that. But sometimes I felt that the art world and the sports world have had this need to take themselves really separately. Well, yeah. It's, well, I think about it in school. It's like the jocks versus the drama kids. Exactly. It's like from a very young age, we're told like, those are the rivalries. Like, oh, the drama kids will get bullied by the jocks and then the jocks will like be all weirded out by those weird band geeks it's like (laughs) that's how it is so but why would people try to make me a Clippers fan instead of a Lakers fan well Clippers tends to be I would say like the team of the guys who moved here to do comedy oh no no keep me away from them (laughs) sorry yeah it's like they come and they don't want to be a Laker fan which I get when I get when I moved here I didn't want to be a Laker fan it was like Kobe era and I just I could never get behind Kobe you know you couldn't there's something about Kobe I just didn't like like I don't know even before the allegations or something, I don't, I didn't like the way he played. Interesting. I interesting. I thought he played a little selfishly. Like I don't, he wasn't my guy. So I was never going to love them when he That's was That's interesting. There. It's like you weren't able to connect with like the main, I guess I would call Kobe the main guy of the Lakers. I put that exactly. in air quotes because it's like, I'm sure the whole team, you need a whole team to play basketball. It's not just one man that like wins the game. It's the entire yeah. team. It's like there's assists and they're throwing the ball at you. This is my limited knowledge. They're dribbling. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Like, All yeah. of those are actual but, like, words people he's the say face. basketball. Yeah, he's the face yeah. though of the Lakers at that time. And so it's really hard to get behind a team if you don't like the face of it. It really is. Yeah. Like he played so many of his good games with this guy, Pau Gasol, who I tried. I could, I could see myself loving Pau Gasol. Like – He's tall. He's Spanish. He wanted to be a doctor. I think he wanted to be like a pediatric surgeon. suave. Yeah. He would like, I think, use his basketball clout to like be able to hang out in hospitals and watch people do surgery. He was also really good friends with, I think, like Placido Domingo or something. Oh my God. Yeah. Cultured guy. Cultured guy. So I would would try, but I would, during that reign, I was a Thunder fan. Oklahoma Oklahoma Oklahoma. Thunder. And you had, okay, wait. So you were from Texas, but Mm. you ended up in Oklahoma because you went to college in Oklahoma. Yeah. So you were an Oklahoma Thunder fan when you went to college? They didn't start until right when I was graduating. Okay. But like the idea of Oklahoma having any national sports team was the most beautiful thing in the world. Was it the first one? First one. Wow. So it meant everything when the Thunder showed up. And obviously I was going to love the Thunder. Obviously. And they're the kind of team that at that time where you can really find yourself falling in love with them where they had a bunch of young guys who kind of were growing up together on this team. And they didn't have anybody who was a superstar that they then signed. It was like they signed a bunch of people who became superstars. Organic. You know, that's the kind of team that I really love. They grew together. 
they grew together. And so I rooted for that team so hard and I hated the Lakers because the Lakers would like, we would always wind up facing off against them for like Western Conference. And I was just like, destroy the Lakers, hate the Lakers, <laughs> fuck you, Kobe, like all of that. Um, so yeah, the night, the resentment was really there. And then part of the, the beauty and hate and torture of loving basketball is it's, it's also like a business, you know? Because players are getting traded. They have to get their salaries. It's like someone gets injured and they get replaced. And like exactly. if the team isn't doing well, it doesn't matter how much you like the guy. It's like he's got to be replaced. Exactly. Nothing can stay pure. You know, there's that conflict. And how, how often do they like trade people? Like, is that like a thing they do all the time? Or is it like once a year, like we take on new people and like we reformat our team and like trade people? Is that like There regular? are like... It's kind of two different waves. Like mm-hmm. every summer, there's a trade deadline. So like, or every summer, there's like a trade, there's like a whole trading thing where um, if you don't like how your team did the year before, you kind of rejigger all of your pieces, mm-hmm. which is a thing that I have particularly have struggled with with the Lakers is they have had a history in the last couple of years of being like, we're keeping LeBron and AD and everybody else leaves. So it's like, I get really attached. I buy everybody's t-shirt, joke mm-hmm. t-shirts. Like I'll have a, I have a whole suitcase of like old players shirts that are memes that really? no longer make sense, you know? Uh, and then they'll trade everybody. Do you ever wear them and, and like have like people be like, wardrobes. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. I have all these Alex Crusoe shirts and like anybody out there nodding in recognition about how important Alex Crusoe was. And then they traded him. Well, like we'll, we'll understand. Where did he go? Chicago Bulls. We're all hoping we get him back. Like, do you ever beautiful. like? I'm guessing no, but like, do you ever like kind of switch your allegiances to a different team because they have like your favorite players now? I will have a hard time hating other teams. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel about the Pelicans. A lot of our guys, when we got AD, wound up at the Pelicans. Oh, because I should say I didn't fall in love with the Lakers until we lost Kobe and we had all these scrappy underdogs and nobody cared about us and we lost a lot. And then I was like, perfect. You love the underdog. I do. Yeah, I was like, great. Because well, like your, fir- your first team's an underdog. The second team was uh, like the first ever like in Oklahoma. Yeah. So they're kind of the underdogs also. And then all of a sudden when the Lakers become the underdogs. Exactly. Because like signing up to be a Laker fan when we're doing good is just, it's like base. It's like, I like Marvel, you know? Oh, I love Marvel. Marvel's great. Captain America's great. It's like, it's kind of basic 101. Sure. And yeah. so, yeah, loving them then is too easy. Like to, But to love a team when they're losing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand, as I said, like with the challenge, like I have people on there that are like, they get put in every single episode, like to go into elimination. (laughs) And every single episode, I'm like, they're gonna do it. And eventually, by episode five, they like the fifth elimination there and they have to lose like it's a numbers game. Have to. You have to. It's a numbers game. But it's like, no, I, I can identify I think you equating it to that is really easy for me to understand because it's like my sporting event of the year is the challenge. Exactly. But you're, you're so right that it is all about like, loving these people and finding out their storylines right yeah yeah so and then- also and how they develop their own storylines I'm not sure if they do that in basketball but like do they kind of like okay this guy has this kind of image so we're gonna play up on that or they actually there's been kind of a really interesting development in basketball mm-hmm. especially in the Instagram era that has been such a great part of that which is league fits and like league fashion okay because one of the great oh this is gonna be such a good gateway to get you into basketball <laughs> one of the great gateways is like in the oklahoma city thunder era god i'm so sorry i keep turning this into like the socratic lectures uh, like in in the thunder era we had a player called russell westbrook 
who would start showing up at press conferences in crazy ass clothes. He would dress like Sally Jesse Raphael. Like he would have like bright red glasses and shirts like with like Dennis Rodman fish all over them. Of? Yeah, he was like a new iteration of Dennis okay, Rodman. Yeah, I think I've seen that this guy on Instagram before because I think they were equating him to like Dennis Rodman for a while. Yeah. And yeah, he would wear crazy stuff. He had kilts. He was like the first man to wear kilts in the NBA. Like just amazing stuff. Really pushing the fashion. Got mocked for it. But now it's become a whole thing where like when players show up to the games and they do their kind of like tunnel walk mm-hmm. into into like um, the locker room, they fucking bring it. They fucking bring it. They wear the craziest fashion. And like you get to know everybody's personality. You know, who's going to wear something avant-garde. We used to have a player called Kyle Kuzma and he always wore clothes by this designer, Rafe Simmons. Do you watch The Great British Bake Off? Um, every now and then I used to, and then I've kind of fallen off. But we also love baking. Yeah, it's we do like love we, ha- we share our love of baking. I love to bake. So you know how like Noel Fielding, the British guy, yes. wears crazy stuff? Yes. That's Raph Simmons. Like okay. the giant sweaters yeah. and like weird bright colors. So this one basketball player would always do it, but he'd wear the even more hardcore stuff. Like sweaters where the sleeves go all the way to your knees. So he's like, do- yeah, he's like really doing it. Then. Really doing it. So you get to know who they are. And so you can see them shape their brand. Like when it's a real serious game, sometimes you'll see the players just be like, I'm wearing black jeans and a black sweater because I want you to know I'm taking this seriously. Wow. And other times they'll be like, ba-boom. Like last night we had our player, Rui Hachimura, who I just adore, showed up in like glittery pink striped sweater that's like 900 colors, but also red paisley pants, I think they were. Okay. An outfit that makes no sense. And you're like, bless you, Rui. Like, go so for it. So how do the older generations of basketball fans feel about this kind of change? I think they kind of love it because like in the history of basketball, there was a moment when David Stern was our commissioner. This is, I think this is like late nineties, early two thousands. And he was being a little bit racist. And he was like, I don't like our players throwing up in in streetwear. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the history of basketball, which is just the, the books of Jeff Perlman who wrote like Showtime and like, um, which became the show Winning Time. They go through like kind of this like history of corporate people, nerds like David Stern trying to figure out how to sell as many seats as they can to basketball and going to the history where like in the seventies people didn't watch basketball because they didn't, they thought they didn't like that. There were so many like black athletes on TV in essence, which is gross. Mm -hmm. So David Stern. I'm glad we've moved past that. Yeah. I hope we've moved past that. I hope we've moved past that. But David Stern was like, I don't want these guys showing up in like Tommy Hilfiger. Like, I don't think it makes the league look good. So Mm. he instituted a rule where everybody had to wear suits. And that was like the, it was, like, so dorky. Like, people just wearing these, like, giant suits looking really uncomfortable. Like the zoot suits? Yeah. It, that, like, not feeling like they were expressing <laughs> themselves. And it was, like, really ham-fisted and insulting. But so if taking ownership of fashion has kind of felt like like the players are now back in control. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. it all becomes part of the story. And also, if you've loved a player for a long time, to learn more about them is, like, what you want. Like, before Instagram, I'm sure there were magazines that people would read about their favorite players and interviews, and you'd, like, cut out the pictures and paste them on your wall. Exactly. And be like, this is my favorite player, and I just learned that his favorite color is blue. And it's like, <laughs> you get all excited because he's your favorite player. It's also, I think it's really something, that's like, special because it's something that, like, I don't know, like, you can just, as you said, like, you can bond with anyone about Mm -hmm. basketball. Like, you can bond with, like, that guy down the street about basketball or, like, the lady that, like, works at the bodega. Do we even have (laughs) bodegas in LA? I don't think so. I don't know where I'm pulling the word bodega out of. Like, the lady that works at 7-Eleven. I know, it's bodacious. Or, like, but also, like, you and your dad. Like, that Mm -hmm. was really sweet that, like, you took you and, like, it's a lifelong love that you kind of got from him. It really is. Like, my dad was there when it was, when he took me to a game that was, like, Larry Bird's last season. Where Larry Bird, when like 
when a player knows that they're retiring, it's like a huge deal. And you're like watching them play in your court for the last time. And he remembers me like running off the court to like try to hit Larry Bird on the back and say like, <laughs> good game. But I was short and he's tall and I like smacked him on the ass and ran away. And my dad saw that. And like, I like that he... <laughs> that your dad shares that memory, memory of yeah. you smacking his butt. Yeah. My dad actually was the one who really pointed out that I smacked his butt because I was just nervous and didn't know what I was How old were anyway. you? I think. Gosh, I'm going to guess I was in, like, late elementary. It's like you barely would have known anyway, like, what you were doing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Larry Bird, I didn't even know Larry Bird wasn't that nice of a guy. So, like... Oh, was he that, not? No. Now now I'm aware that Larry Bird was definitely, like, who the fuck was that? But... <laughs> who was that kid <laughs> yeah. that smacked my smacked butt? Smacked my butt. Yeah, that was me. Sorry, Larry. I'm sure it ha- probably happened a lot. But I yeah. was one of them. One of the many kids <laughs> one of the who many smacked kids Larry Bird. Smacked his butt. <laughs> <laughs> So do you go to the games all the time, like in person, or do you watch on TV mostly? We mostly watch on TV. We go a couple times a year. Like, I'm really terrified of going to a game and us losing, and it just being, like, the biggest bummer. Like, wow. it's it's such a sad feeling walking out You're really you invested. Lose. Yeah, because we, we keep up with every game. Like, now that now that it's, like, movie season, for real, with, like, all the Oscars and everything is completely mm-hmm. nuts. And now that, like everything is back to kind of quote normal yeah quote unquote normal it's like now i find myself i'll like be listening to the first quarter of the game driving to a movie and then as soon as i'm out and the credits rolling i'll be like did we win did we lose what happened you know and last night we saw napoleon i was like oh we won and it was just marvelous and you saw napoleon and you won Won. like everything's right in the world it's so funny uh when i was dating that guy like baseball um he and i he asked me to take him. He wasn't a movie guy, but he asked me to take him to the Hollywood Bowl to go see 2001 with the live orchestra. Uh-huh. And so we went together and we had a great time, but it was so funny. In the, like before the movie and in the intermission, he put base, baseball on his phone, <laughs> like on the radio. And we were like listening on the radio. And I was like, what it's is so this? It's so wonderful. It's so nice. It's so old timey. I think it? I thought it was great. Yeah. I, that guy, I love that guy. I have nothing bad to say about him at all. He was awesome. <laughs> I had so much fun learning about baseball and like yeah. Jesus Christ and all that frat boy stuff. It was fun. <laughs> I love listening on the radio. Like I love, but now I listen to sports radio too. Like mm-hmm. after the game, which is just, Horrible. Are there sports podcasts like that? Oh, go yeah. Over? So like, do you listen to those a lot? I do. I have some people that I really love. And I love sports writers. Like as as a writer, you know, myself, like so many great writers come out of sports writing. Because when mm-hmm. you think about it, if you're just writing, we won or we lost, the verbs you have to come up with to keep that story interesting, like game after game after game. Because all the games are kind of similar, I'm guessing, in the end. In, in the end, there's not... Like, I always say that I hate reviewing comedies. No, I hate it, but it's like this, it's hard because there's only so many ways to say funny. Or I laughed. <laughs> yeah, mirth, the jocular. It's all trash. You can't use those words. No. Yeah, so it's hard. And I think sports have the kind of the same thing. Well, it's also kind of like covering a battle almost. Like, it's yeah. almost like wartime uh, photography or like wartime coverage. It's like because it, they're like gladiators. Like, they are coming together. They're not clashing like physically. Well, is there physical contact in basketball? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People getting, like, elbowed in the face on purpose Like, sometimes. and checked. And, like, oh, all the time. All the time. And then it's, like, is it flagrant? Is it not? Like, punishments depend on that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that element that kind of makes me think of acting. You know, like, I I would not say that I'm a very emotionally expressive person. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm going to cough. Is that okay? I'm just going to yeah. that. <coughs> Sorry. And so I'm always amazed by actors because like they're going out there and like, I am happy, I am sad, I am vulnerable, you know, stuff that I really can't do. But basketball is like doing that plus being confident in your physical body, which I am not as a clumsy person. So the idea of like, I'm going to take this shot, I'm going to run for this ball, and I'm probably going to fall on my ass. People get, people get hit in the nuts all the time on television in basketball. People are like 
busting themselves, running into scoreboards, running into the audience, like risking humiliation because they believe that their body might be able to do something. And if they could, wouldn't that be great? It's really a lot of belief. Do you ever watch women's basketball or is it like the men's basketball? This is the thing I give myself a lot of grief for is I always want to go to Sparks games during the summer and I'm always like, oh, I'm too busy. Like, I feel like I won't be a real fan unless I actually get more invested in women's it's, basketball. It's funny, though. I heard, I think it was Shaquille O'Neal who said this, that if they just lowered the woman's hoop by, like, two feet or, like, one foot or whatever to allow the women to dunk, oh. that the women's basketball league would, like, take off. He said because people huh. want to come for dunking and they want to see the guys dunk. They, like that's what he said and they just they wouldn't lower it they said like no we're gonna keep it high and he just said look like the height of the women versus the men it's just like if you want people to come watch women's basketball let you gotta the let, them, let them let them dunk oh that's fascinating yeah and i think it was i think it was Shaq said that it could be someone else i mean but, to me, i do feel like that is one of the great losses of kobe dying you know which uh, gosh like we went to the we went to outside it was staples then now we call it the crypt like when he died to like <laughs> watch crypt, everybody the crypto yeah, com crypto.com you have to just call it the crypt otherwise it's like so embarrassing but like <laughs> the outpouring of grief was there but like he was really poised to do something huge with women's basketball like yeah. he he was really supporting his daughter Gigi he was like i think investing in like raising up women's basketball yeah and i that is one of the things i kind of mourn is he didn't get the chance to at least do that to good do that. in the world yeah yeah it's upsetting I mean, let them dunk, though. Let the ladies dunk. Let the ladies dunk. God, if, can you imagine if you could like dunk? The if power I could dunk that? The power of jumping. Yeah. Just the jump they do. Yeah. It's insane. You should watch videos of this kid, Mac McClung. Mac I think McClung. you'd really like him. He was on our G League when Austin was on our G League. Is and he so on the Lakers now? He, we let him go, which was probably the right move, but I do feel sad. But he won the dunk contest last year. Oh! <gasps> Oh my god! You oh no! That was the fastest conversation <laughs> I feel like I've ever had. Oh my god! I have to ask before we yeah. wrap up: Is there like fantasy basketball league? Like how they have like fantasy football? Like do they do fantasy basketball? Oh my gosh! You know I have no idea. That would be really fun. That would be because really like fun. I want to do fantasy football, but put all the hottest guys on my team. <laughs> See how they play. Well, I just want you to watch a Mac McClung video, like anywhere. Mac watch McClung, him because okay. he is a kid who looks like he should be selling newspapers in the 1920s, and he's not the tallest guy, but he has so much vertical height when he jumps. It's wow. unreal. That is. He's, unreal. He is the underdog who can dunk. And that is all the time that we have for today. But Amy, is there any final thought that you'd like to leave the audience with? Well, well, Gala, I kind of want to ask you a question that I've been wrestling with. Yeah. Okay. So um, next to you on the couch, I have a Lakers jersey that I just bought this week. It's their city edition. Every year they have a new yeah. city edition. Most people say it's ugly. I think it's pretty cool. Okay, I love the font, here? and I kind of want your opinion on it. For okay. people who can't see it, it's like Los Angeles, but it's written so that Los Angeles forms a triangle, but the N is the highest part of the triangle the in Los N Angeles. The N is the highest point? Yeah, and I think it's kind of great, but do you think my jersey is cool? Actually, you know, I kind of do. <gasps> I, I'm kind of wondering, though, why they put the N as the highest point and not the G. <laughs> it feels like the G should be the highest point. Oh, you're, doesn't you're right. Because then doesn't the S come down a little low? Yeah, because it's like not. I think they're. I think it is equal, but because the space, it looks like it isn't. They should put like a star or something. Yeah. Something to make it symmetrical. So who is the person that you... The one like, that I on got is Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Um, he's number 15. I just, I don't love that LeBron's on our team. I think he's a little too popular. I think he kind of... He sets the balance, he the takes gravity, over. the orbits a little yeah. too much. 
But Reeves, I hope we're going to keep him for a while. So I thought it was worth investing yeah. in his jersey. I like the jersey. I just wish they would have put a star where the space was or something. <laughs> like well, Los Angeles, we're the city of angels, the city of stars. <laughs> well, thank you. Now I feel more confident wearing it. You the know, tags are still on. I haven't any, worn it yet. Anyone who makes fun of that jersey is not a true Lakers fan. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> thank you, Amy, for coming on to the show. If you'd like to keep up with Amy, you can check her out over on Instagram and Twitter at the Amy Nicholson. Or you can listen to her weekly podcast along with co-host Paul Shear on Unspooled, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gala Avery, and this has been The Gala Show. The Gala Show is brought to you by Insertomatic. This episode was executive produced by Roger Avery and produced by Gala Avery. Music composed by Andy Milburn. As always, I'm your host, Gala Avery. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Despite me sharing the same last name with this charity, I don't have any affiliation with it, besides the fact that the issue is very near and dear to my heart. Did you know that in the United States, 2.7 million children currently have a parent in prison, and it's estimated that 10 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point in their lives. I was one of these kids, and as an adult, I am really grateful to be able to give back to Project Avery. Their mission is to build leadership from within by supporting community through programs such as mentoring and outdoor education, and also to remove the stigma surrounding having a parent that's incarcerated. You don't have to feel alone. If you know a kid who could use these resources or would like to donate money or time to the charity, please go to Project Avery, that's A-V-A-R-Y dot org, to check out what this amazing charity is all about. Again, that's Project Avery dot org. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart.